Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How a narcissist thinks. What goes on behind the fake mask of the narcissist? How do they process the world that they see around them? How do they process humanity? And what's actually going on in their heads? How will this help us on our healing journeys and interacting with narcissists going forward? Guys, this is a gratitude podcast that I'm making for something wonderful that personally happened to me. And I kind of asked in a, I suppose, in a spiritual way, what can I do to repay the kindness that I've received? And I got put upon me, make a video about narcissists, explaining how they think, who they are, where they come from, and a shocking revelation at the end as to how could we or should we or if we want to feel about them going forward and how that will reflect on us as people. So I hope you enjoy the insights. Please feel free to disagree or agree in the comments and give some insights because the comments, particularly in this community, are really helping people. And I'm getting emails saying that they're helping people. So keep reaching out. If you see someone in distress, help. Okay, so... We all start our lives as children and in different circumstances, some in horrendous circumstances, some in very normal and some in healthier than others. They say that narcissists are formed as children and there is always a debate going on about whether it's nurture or nature or a combination of both, whether it's genetically inherited or there's a spiritual element to a family and it's kind of, there's an energy about the family and the child picks up on it. There are a lot of theories and we can come down heavier in one or the other and that's a personal choice. But what does happen, in my view, are two things specifically where the child goes on to not develop, but develop as a narcissist. So essentially, they are met, the child is met with, it may not even be trauma. It may just be the child's interpretation of not getting their way in something with a parent and the parent controlling the child or disciplining the child. Or it can be a trauma and a shock. Well, what the, the child learns from that particular instance or repeated instance or their interpretation of what's going on is, that the powerful one wins, that the powerful one is the one that feels good and the one that's not powerful, that's the weaker person uh, that's being controlled is in pain. So something clicks in their brains and it's in their minds very simple. They need to always be in control of a situation and people and then they'll be okay and then they'll be the happier person. So that's one aspect, and it's a very simplistic, one-dimensional way of thinking, but that's what they've decided. They put that into practice. 
they can be very cruel as children with animals, with other people, but they put that into practice. And if they get the feedback that that's working and nobody is there to tell them that that's not the right way or to show them empathy and show them another way, that compounds within them and within their personality, in my opinion, and they form a very narcissistic element to the way they live their lives, very controlling element. And that's the foundation of their personality. On the other side, they will have been praised for things that are world of the world, egotistical, worldly achievements or how they look or, you know, how much money their parents have or whatever. They won't have been given a good moral compass. They won't have been again shown empathy and they will believe and buy into the fact that, oh, I get praise for this, for achieving that, for looking good, for having money, these kind of things that are not of substance, that are very egotistical. And they go forward in life really thinking, well, there's two things here I need to remember. And one is that I need to be powerful and in control. And the other is that I'm pretty damn amazing. And more the more amazing I am, the more people pay attention to me. And that feels good. And that gives me in turn control. So simplistic as it is, that is my understanding of how a narcissist is actually formed. And that's the basis of their one dimensional thought processes going through life. So they're not searching for answers. They have decided quite early on that if they practice this more and more, they're going to get more and more and they're going to be okay. In actual fact, they're ethos would be do unto others as you expect they would do unto you given the opportunity. So the narcissist is hugely self-referencing. They do not come from the point of view of do unto others as you would have them do unto you, which is what I call the embodiment of humanity to treat others as we would like to be treated ourselves. That is the opposite of what the narcissist would do. So the traits are how a narcissist thinks. That's the foundation, in my opinion. And everything of the narcissist or how they interact with the world is totally self-referencing. If you talk to a narcissist, it's all about them. It's about what they can get from you or what they can make you do for them how beneficial a relationship with you would be. And if they come across someone who is inconsequential to them, who they don't think is going to be of any value, they will actually either treat them badly, ignore them or take their temper out on them because that person is literally just in the narcissist way. If they're no benefit to the narcissist, therefore they are of no benefit. They do not see the person as a human being they don't even see, well, if I form a relationship with this person, something good might come out of it, you know, something mutually beneficial for both of us. That is not the way a narcissist thinks. The narcissist sees only what is going to be of benefit to them. The traits a narcissist has are mainly of 
looking around them and seeing, does somebody else have more than they have? Because if somebody else has more than they have, it goes against the two mainstays of the formation of the personality. Someone has more than they have. That person thinks that they're better than the narcissist. And the narcissist has to be the best because of the black and white one dimensional thinking. That person is therefore a threat to the narcissist or is a resource that needs to be harvested, that needs to be taken from. So the narcissist feels in control of that person by taking what they have away from them and giving it to the narcissist. And the narcissist then feels, well, if I do that, destroy that person, take what they have, that then makes me in control and more attractive and more powerful, more omnipotent, and it builds onto my mask. So they're continually looking at other people as having less or more than them, of weighing things up on a very simplistic weighing scales, of deciding if they see a group of people that they want to be part of, they will go into that group and actually manage to cause a lot of trouble to discombobulate the dynamic of the group and to take power and control of the group or harvest resources from one or two people in the group and then use the group to up them again to the next stage. That's literally how they view people, people's assets, and then going on to people's attributes. If they see a person with a character trait that they admire, that they, you know, that they really like, say that person is very good at making friends because of the approach they take towards people in public. The narcissist will then seek to obliterate that person if, if the person isn't in an intimate relationship with them, they will usually use a smearing technique to down that person's popularity if the person is in a, a small communal collective with the narcissist and they perceive them as a threat. And they're not just a stranger that they see on, on a travel trip where they're never going to see them again. But what the narcissist will do is will copy. Narcissists copy, 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 don't create much themselves, although there are exceptions to every rule. In general, narcissists will copy your character trait and make it part of the mask that they present to the world. It's a very shallow. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mask with nothing going on underneath. So their process of living never ever discovers any joy or light or new way of thinking or philosophical wonder or genuine happiness by sharing the happiness of another person. 
it's just always self-referencing. It's like they're on a wheel, like a rat going around a wheel. They keep doing the same things all the time. They keep taking from people. They keep destroying other people because other people are a threat. They're always looking at people with a deep sense of paranoia that the mask will crumble, that they're not going to be good enough, even though they don't self-reflect and don't appear to have that self-doubt. They do know that the mask needs to stay magnificent in order to control other people, in order to take from other people and in order to be believed and be relevant. We, you give the power to the narcissist by believing in the person that they're presenting to you. Without your belief, because the narcissist does not have any way of regulating their own emotions or going deep inside a personality that is one dimensional, they need other people to bolster that part of themselves that cannot manufacture those living being feelings that most people who have humanity within them have available to them with self-reflection and thought and empathy and compassion and recognition of, of other human beings. They have this kind of a blind spot, I would say. And it's often, you often discover this when you speak with a narcissist and you ask them leading or searching questions. And they'll say something like, and I have referenced this before in podcasts, you know, I know everything. And you're, you're, you're looking at them saying, you what? <laughs> you know everything. Ah, come off it. You know, nobody knows everything. Well, I do. And you're kind of going, really? Okay. And eventually you realise that this person actually believes this. And then you realize that there is a blind spot, that there's a chink missing. And that person doesn't actually sometimes understand because their narcissism won't allow them go beyond being one dimensional. And that's going to bring me, guys, to the point that narcissists go around living in a way where they have to brainwash people, where they have to garner your assets, where they have to be like Lego men or Lego women that change the shape of themselves. They're often described as chameleons, chameleons. They go into situations and they become different people. They go into new relationships and they take on the character traits of the person that they're with. They mirror them. So you've gone from maybe being with this narcissist who loved swimming and all water sports to seeing the narcissist with the next person and they never go near the sea, they hate the sea, they hate all water sports and, and all they do is play computer games and they have no longer this outdoor personality. That's a very simple example, but they change the mask to fit the situation. They have no stability of character and they have no object constancy. 
So they deal with the present and the challenges of the present without any reflections onto or as to where that the actions of the present are going to take them in the future or even looking back to the past and learning from mistakes. And then they wonder after making mistakes in the past and hurting people and destroying people that some people actually will come back after them and will cause bad things to happen for them. And they can't get their heads around the fact that this is happening to them. It feels unfair to them because they feel that all the bad things they did to other people were entirely justified because they needed to do that in order to survive in their minds. And the way that they, when they need to, or if they even try to justify their bad behaviour, it's always the other person's fault. When they cheat, it was your fault. They had to cheat because you weren't looking after them or you weren't paying them much attention. So again, it's self-referencing always about the narcissist and their needs only and their survival only and their lack of bringing other people along, along with them unless those people are useful to them. So guys, I would see, and this is not me, you know, in any way letting the narcissists off the hook for the very dreadful, disgusting, evil and heinous wrongdoings that they perpetuate on others and the suffering that they cause other people. But what I will say to you now is, having healed from narcissistic abuse, you get to a stage where it is actually beneficial to you definitely still having no contact and on a level where you can maybe forgive the person in some ways without again no contact with them or limited contact if you need to have it but if you can feel really lucky that you have the ability to have this wonderful sense of growth of personal growth of development of the fact that you're a free spirit with free will that can connect with people and have wonderful relationships with people. And you feel you feel more human. You feel your humanity. You feel the connection and you feel the energy of the world of people that are human and that are not lacking that part of humanity that has evaded narcissists that they rejected at an early age, that maybe they didn't have the influence to show them a different way, but that they definitely and firmly rejected and formed their personality around a different concept. And it does not include humanity or being fully human and connected to their fellow, fellow men and women. So on that point, I would say I have a deep, compassion, having found a great happiness, I would say I have a deep compassion for narcissists at a distance. Not compassion for what they do, not compassion for how they hurt others, but just that they will always and ever be limited, be lost souls 
So looking back, although it's very angry making hearing still and particularly in coaching, what these people are continuing to perpetuate on other people, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy to be a narcissist. And from that point of view, it kind of brings you to a new level where you can be at a distance, compassionate and think, I would never want to be a narcissist. I would never want to give in to the more narcissistic side of myself and I'll always try not to. And I do not envy the person that the narcissist is either in a relationship with or going to be in a relationship with, particularly in the intimate setting, because it's going to be horrendous, it's going to be troublesome, and it's going to be difficult. And on that note, shocking as it may be to hear, I feel compassion from a distance brings you to a new level within yourself where you're literally offloading any residue that the narcissist may have left you with, particularly ruminating or any feeling of resentment or any feeling of anger, although all of those feelings are very necessary initially to heal yourself from what happened to you and very justifiable. Guys, let me know if you've reached the place where you either no longer think about the narcissist or you can have compassion from a distance. And yeah, I'd just be very interested to hear where you're at, how you feel you've healed and if you feel you've gotten there and you've gotten the PhD on it. Thank you for listening. I'll be back again shortly with a new podcast.